0: All right, so mornings like this morning I would rather just worship all morning uh, we've had some really powerful services here over the last several weeks uh, but you have to understand although uh, worship is so important you have to understand how important the word of God is I mean it's everything apostles, prophets, people have died to make sure that the word of God has been passed to us here today and there's something powerful that God wants to speak to you Specifically, the last couple weeks. I mean, Sam last week wasn't Sam like awesome for those of you that were here? It's so cool. One of my favorite things in the world is having friends that um, have a different theology but loves Jesus. And he, he, Presbyterian pastor, is like just loves Christ. Man, he killed it last week. I was so proud of him. And uh, Melissa last Sunday night, man, this place was packed out. These kids were straight adorable. Uh, it was wonderful. Some of you that weren't able to see it, it was it was awesome to see what God is doing and uh, what God's about to do this Christmas Eve. If you have a friend, a neighbor that doesn't know Christ Jesus, man, this Christmas Eve is a powerful opportunity for you to share the gospel. That's it. That's all I got. Okay, cool. So, the Lord has given me a word for today, and uh, what is I'm so thankful for is uh, you know when we pray on Saturday mornings, we come in here and we do prayer, and we intercede, it seems like God is always prophetically speaking. And what I'm so grateful for is the message that I had written down was confirmed prophetically through two other people about this message. So you need to know, uh, it's encouraging to me when God is telling other people what he's about to say, and uh, it makes me realize, yep, okay, I should say this with absolute boldness. Here you go. You guys ready for this? Buckle up. It's going to be fun. Hey, um, in, uh, in in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, I'm going to start off in, in verse 8. We have a lot of scripture that I've got to go through. I'm going to go over four stories with you guys today. But all of this really unpacked it about three weeks ago for me as I was burdened with one sentence. That night, there were shepherds staying in the field nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, it, the angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were terrified but the angel reassured them and he said don't be afraid he said I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people the Savior yes the Messiah the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem the city of David so we pray Jesus, help me. Amen. Amen. Hey, I I leaned into this, and uh, I kept hearing the Lord say over and over again, don't be afraid. I will bring good news that will bring great joy to all people. He said, I'll bring good news that will bring great joy to all people. And as I began to lean in on that, I was leaning in on, as a pastor, you ever said, I love my job, I love what God has called me to do. I... I wear a burden sometimes. I wear your burdens. And I probably shouldn't. There has to be a scenario where I get better at taking off your problems. But I I think about your concerns. And what's in your heart. And things that's going wrong. And when things don't look right. And I I think of some of you how this Christmas, you're looking at a Christmas tree. Or thinking of baby Jesus in a manger. And thinking, ah, this doesn't look like what I thought it was going to look like. And when I lean into that statement, when 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 Gabriel said to, to the shepherds, I, "I will bring good news that will bring great joy to not some people, not to the people at at the way uh, or or like that that are hearing Pastor Tim's voice tonight. No, 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 no. To all people. I just, man, I just started like to everyone, God. But what about? those that this year like the, the problems in their relationships? What about those of us that lost lost a loved one this year? What about those of us that don't have the finances that we wanted or lost a job and the COVID, man, it was just weird and we can't get the gifts that we wanted and, and this year just looks different. But Jesus, I mean, this Gabriel said, that I have good news that will bring great joy to all people. And so uh, this uh, whole Thing here, if you could. I'm, I'm thinking about great joy and do you really have it? And I thought about a book. Uh, this is a book here, and we're going to go over this in multiple different stories. I don't know if you can see this all the way there online, but uh, this book is called What to Expect When You're Expecting. And I'm thinking about the, the shepherds here in this scenario. Now, every time I've ever read of this passage, um, in, in, or any of these passages, here in the New Testament, or any of these stories, all of them would have a visitation, and they would all start off with saying, don't be afraid. And I'm very assumptive that the, the reason is because there is an overwhelming, awesome presence in front of them. But as I'm leaning into this, I think that there's multiple reasons why he is telling them not to be afraid. Um, And and I think the reason why he's telling them that they should not be afraid is because in all of these stories, he's about to tell them that there's there's good news of great joy. I've got good news for you and you shouldn't be afraid about what I'm about to tell you. The shepherds understand they were wanting to see a king their whole lives. And the shepherds born in Israel, their profession was to be a shepherd and probably their favorite psalm do you know any psalms? Yeah. The Lord is my... It's probably their favorite. Right? And I don't know if you understand the job or of, of, of the profile of a shepherd. I have to say this quickly because I've got four more stories i got to get into. And so I may talk rather fast, a little bit like Shaza this morning. I'm going I'm I'm to go. Uh, so, uh, so they may probably have assumed that the Lord would be like them. He would be courageous and he would defend uh, the those that were... Um, Not able to defend themselves. A sheep's job, uh, you know, they they, they were a defenseless animal. Every animal has like a defense mechanism. A sheep doesn't. Their their defense mechanism is their shepherd. And so the shepherds probably always thought about how the Lord was going to be a conquering lion. He was going to be like awesome and mighty. And they're, yeah, he's coming and he's going to be. And so when they got good news of great joy, a baby... Is born to you this day. You probably assumed that when the king came, his castle would look a little bit more glorious than, you know, where they store the sheep at every night. Their assumption was so ah. Uh, can you imagine what it must have been like for these mighty men that would risk their life to protect their sheep? To look at the innocence of this little baby that can't protect themselves. I don't know if you have a friend that is a manly man. But manly men, you know, guys that like will like hold guns or go to war, they, they get stuck in a DNA where in every scenario they think of safety. They, this is all they can see. A, a cop, they'll walk in the room, and in every situation, there they, they can be a lot of skepticism of people because they, they think safety is their DNA. A shepherd who thinks safety, looking at a little baby going, Well, who's gonna? This doesn't make sense. (laughs) Who's going to protect him? And almost like, hey guys, uh, we just wanted you to see, you didn't get the job. (laughs) You can go now. And you know, wouldn't you know, the very next thing that would happen to Jesus a couple years later is his life would be on the line. And the Lord was capable of protecting that little baby, perfect Jesus. I got good news for you thinking about today what to expect when you're expecting, and I'm thinking about how crazy it did not look probably like what the shepherds expected. There's a couple of other stories I want to read to you today. As so I'm thinking about Christmas, i thinking about there's a lot of people here that are thinking about what's coming up on the morning of Christmas, and there's a lot of people who life doesn't look like the way you thought it was going to look like. And I want you to know that there's good news. And there's credit Today A Savior's been born. Man, it's going to be good. All right, here we go. I'm excited about it. Maybe it's just because I've been reading it, reading it, reading it, and no one will let me preach for multiple weeks. So, um, in Luke chapter 1, verse 15, I'm going to tell you another story, and one that doesn't get told a whole lot. Check, listen to this. When Herod was king uh, of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Are you with me? They've done this their whole life. They've seen the customs of the church. And Zechariah and Elizabeth were both righteous in God's eyes. Careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. Now, I love that, the way the translations would say this. In fact, I looked in the NIV and the ESV and the NKJV and, and all the translations I could find, and all of them would not just say that they were old. They were very old. Right? Like, like my wife says that she's old now. Oops, whatever. Uh, but they, the, the scripture would go out on a limb to say that they were they were, they were, they were very old. You know? And uh, I don't know how old that exactly is, but it um, sounds old. <laughs> One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was the duty that week. And the custom of the priest, uh, he was chosen by Lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and to burn incense. And while the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. I love that. I love that. One of the things, my favorite things about our church is that what some of you only see me doing ministry, what you can't see is behind the lines of how many people right now, our, our, our intercessory team is praying right now for what's happening. I think that's been the strength of our church this year, this COVID. I don't know if we've ever, ever stood the test of time had it not been for all the people that are praying for what's going on here in the way. That, that's, just, that's a little... Okay, cool. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right of the incense altar, and Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear. For when he saw him, the angel of the Lord said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God... The angel has said, don't be afraid, for God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you will name him John. <laughs> and you will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Let me stop there for a second. Don't be afraid, John. I wonder if he's saying, don't be afraid, because he just got the scar, the, the, the tar scared out of him, you know, because like, like, how did you get in here? Or if the angel is aware of what John knows we're going to have a baby now? Like, how the heck are we going to do that? Like, this is really going to be complicated. I don't have the energy to be chasing around diapers. I, I can't lose sleep anymore, man. Like, it's already hard enough. Like, I don't, I, I, I would, I, I, like, let's just face it. If any of you right now, an angel was to come and tell you that you were going to have a baby, how terrified would you be? <laughs> And all we know at this point of John is that he was very old. And here's, here's what I love. Uh, as, as you would. Uh, so this baby is going to bring great joy. Zechariah said to the angel, how can this happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in her years. And when the angel said, I am Gabriel, and I stand in the very presence of God, and it was he who sent me to bring this good news to you. I just think, man, it's so easy um, when like someone tells you that there's good news for you to still be so skeptic. Like I'm saying, hey guys, it's gonna be good. God's doing great things, and you're like, yeah, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I heard you, preacher. Thanks. No, no. Like God's gonna do great things in your life. And the only thing I know about, about Zachariah and Elizabeth is that they were faithful all of their life. Like he was righteous and upstanding. And in the midst of waiting, please don't lose heart. In the midst of doing good, please don't give up. Like there are some right now that you're waiting. And you're hoping. And I don't know what, it, what you're hoping for. It, it may be a scenario that you're wanting to have a baby. And it's getting really hard to keep believing it may be a scenario where you're waiting for your spouse to come into your life. Mr. Right, you know, to come. Feels like there's been a lot of lefts, right? And, uh, and I want you to know, like, if God said it, don't give up. They were very old. But what is so important about the message of what Gabriel said to them was that, like, we don't want just good things. We want great things. And, and if you're alive, you can compromise great for good. You can settle now. Like you can eat the microwave burger or you can, you can get a nice slow cooked steak. You know, like what do you want? Do you want good or do you want great? Because if you want what's God, then you may have to wait. But it's hard to understand the concept of waiting in America.
1: That's
0: right. When we were kids, it was so hard. Somehow when we became adults, it got harder. Like it got Real. All of a sudden, it wasn't like a fairy tale anymore. Real life kicked in, and it took your breath from you. But I'm looking at Elizabeth, and I'm looking at, 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 at Zechariah, and here, here's, here's what at the end says here in verse 23. It says, when Zechariah, the week of service in the temple was then over, then he returned home. First of all, that's stinking awesome. Not only did he get a visitation from God, but when he got the news, he didn't drop everything there at the altar and run home. He finished serving the Lord. He finished doing what God called him to do before he would go home to his wife and tell her the news. That's stinking awesome. Because when God calls you to do something, what he's called you to do is super important. You don't realize the people you're changing or you're affecting. So afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. And for all of you right now that don't know what the heck you're doing, social distancing, now they're doing Elizabeth. You know what I mean? Like, but uh, God's doing something, man. He's birthing something inside of you. And I think some of you have been expecting and you don't know what to do. But when I think about what to do, what to expect, and you're expecting, my wife, we've had three kids. We've been, we were pregnant with Four. Nothing happens the same way twice. God doesn't ever do a miracle the same way he did it before. And all the things that you expect and you think is going to happen when you have this great expectation, you've entered into a relationship where you're not in control. And God's going to do what he's going to do and he's got a great plan for how this is going to work out. Here, Let me just read the last verse in in Elizabeth's life. In verse 25 it says, How kind the Lord is She explained, he has taken away disgrace of me not having children. And so I just think for a couple minutes of what it was like for her expecting all the years that she was a Christian. You have to understand, this is not biblical. This just comes from a pastor who's held hands with a lot of people and heard them talk real. What it's like when you've faithfully tithed and you don't understand what's happening in your finances. All the times you've been faithful to the church and you don't understand where, why God's not moving in your family. Well, all the time, everyone around you seems to be getting married, but it just ain't happening for you. It's You know, it's hard. Well, everyone's saying Christmas, everything's going to be so great. And the reality of that seems really, God, where are you? Disgrace. You can feel like God somehow forgot your ticket. You never forgot a Christmas ticket. You never forgot your ticket. The scripture says he knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows exactly where you're at. And I just think some of us were expecting and we expected it to look different than it does today. You don't know the end of the story yet. Just give it some time. The Lord is good. Is this making sense to Anyone? I'm way over time I got two more stories I gotta, I gotta do them faster you're like okay so the shepherds probably didn't expect uh, a little helpless little baby Jesus I wonder if Jesus like was still powerful as a baby you know what I mean like if he can still like like he can zap someone I don't know uh, That's uh, a uh, uh, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: do you still have his Jesus powers okay I have to keep going here we go Um, man I love that Jesus took away her disgrace I I think about man I gotta change the subject but I really lean into that for a while this morning I felt that the reality of when you feel like God should have done something for you already this Christmas may look different from you but I promise God is moving No, I'm just going to pray Jesus Holy Spirit there's, there is folks here that are really struggling with that Holy Spirit would you be with them would you let them know that you know what it feels like for it not to look like what they thought it was going to look like I'm to cry here. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, there's this powerful story, man. And, and you may have heard it. It says, and this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, obviously. Uh, Jesus, uh, Joseph, uh, uh, her fiance, was a good man. And he didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Let me just talk as a man to men here real quick. There were some expectations that Joseph had. And uh, I don't know if you know, but the Lord didn't do it exactly the way he thought it was going to line up. Think about it for just a second. He, he, he thought that, um, I don't know, uh, maybe he was going to be the first uh, to have a baby with Mary. And there was a real scenario, the scripture says that. So he, he kind of felt like he got duped, that he got faked, that the woman that he wanted to marry was not the woman that he thought she was. How do I know this? Because he wanted to divorce her, because he didn't believe her. Sure, you're pregnant with a baby from the power of the Holy Spirit, Mary. Aren't we all
1: <laughs> pregnant <laughs>
0: the power of the Holy Spirit, Mary? And, and like and the, the reality is like he wanted out because he didn't believe in her anymore. And there is a lot of people where sometimes there are relationships and people in your life. This is a word from the Lord for someone. I'm telling you, listen to me. There are people in your life where you, you stop believing in them. I, I heard a word this week and I thought it was super duper powerful. I'm going to repeat it. It said this. It said that there are people. It's funny how. We judge other people by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Well, I didn't mean to say it like that, right? So you didn't really understand what I was saying when it came out. So you shouldn't get upset about what I said because I didn't, didn't mean it the way you heard it. But we looked at someone else and they said, oh, they're jerks. They're the worst kind of people. They should have done that. We judge them by what they do, but we judge ourselves by what we meant to do. Yes. And Joseph was judging Mary by what he thought she did,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not by who he thought she was. That's good. And there are people in our life where we're giving up the relationship right now. Some of you, they're going to come and have dinner at your house this week, and you've given up on the relationship. Your aunt, your cousin, It's really uncomfortable. Joseph didn't understand what God was doing. Do you understand what I'm saying? What to expect when you're expecting. Joseph probably thought that he was maybe... And as he considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Don't be afraid. To take Mary as your wife. I really like that. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Why would the angel have to say that? I mean, what possibly would Joseph have to be afraid of? I don't know. Maybe everyone attacking his wife? Imagine this scenario where, Joseph, your wife's already pregnant. What'd you do? What's not mine? What'd she do? What kind of lady are you marrying then, Joseph? Imagine all of the people talking in his life. The things that they would say about him and more importantly, if he chose to continue to love her, what they'd say about her. Now that'd be hard. I'd be afraid of that too. And the easy way out is just give up on the whole situation. Joseph had to believe in God to believe in what God could possibly do in Mary. He had to trust God. I wonder... Can you trust God for his ability to move in somebody's life that is currently very difficult for you to see in a godly manner? It's hard, man. Can Jesus really redeem them? Can you really restore them? Can you really move in their life? Because this was a really hopeless, up against the wall type situation that Joseph was in. I've got to keep going. Man, I can really lean into this for a while. When Joseph woke up, He he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until after her son was born. I I think that alone is pretty crazy. That Joseph probably had the expectation that maybe when they got married, they'd probably get to have sex. This is real talk. Y'all wouldn't know it if you ain't. I mean, this. (laughs) What happens when what you expected is and life just doesn't? This does not look like how I thought it was going to be. I'm telling you, I've been in some seasons in my marriage where I was like, this ain't going to work, Jack. This is, uh, I'm over it. She ain't, Lord, who we thought she
1: was.
0: (laughs) And if you've ever been in a relationship of any kind,
1: with a friend, with a pastor,
0: with a teacher, if you've ever been close to someone, you've prayed a similar prayer too. Rachel, would you come? I have to keep going because there's one more story that probably didn't happen the way that they thought it was. And I know that some of you on Christmas Day this week, this may be the only time I get to talk to you, but on Christmas Day coming up here this week, some of you may be alone on Christmas and you, his name's Emmanuel. You're never going to be alone. And that's hard. It's hard to swallow that one. Unless you'll lean into who he really is. Because I have good news for you. It's not the way you expected it, but I promise miracles, it's happening. It's happening right now. Let me tell you one last story. Um, uh, There was another story that many of you have heard before. And uh, it's found in Luke chapter 2. And uh, I'm just going to read it here. And at that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the entire Roman Empire. Verse 3, all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And Joseph, who uh, was uh, a descendant of King David, had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled uh, there from the village uh, of of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, whom he was engaged and who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in the manger, because there was no lodging available for them. let me just stop here for a second. This poor girl is carrying God. I don't know about you, but she had expectations of what she thought this delivery was going to look like. I am not trying to be over spiritual or create a cool sermon or anything like that. The scripture doesn't go into any of these things so some of these thoughts are slightly unbiblical. But I've held hands with people that have had God in their life and they expected their job to go differently. They expected their ministry to go differently. They expected marriage, childbirth, kids... Most people think that because God's in their life that they will walk on water for the rest of their life and nothing bad will happen to them. And you think I'm exaggerating, but when bad things happen, we feel like, God, what what just went wrong? And some of you are expecting great things, and I need you to know that you've been reading the wrong book.
1: <laughs>
0: because when you're expecting, you should expect the same things that happen to the people in the scripture.
1: That's right.
0: All right. So Mary is carrying God, and she probably assumed that her delivery would be less than miraculous. You know, that angels would show up and help her. They would be her her, you know uh, mates uh, thing and help her deliver. Didn't the midwives? (laughs) I didn't see them. She probably assumed that there would be like silk and linen there for the baby. Didn't happen. She probably assumed that her faithful husband would have taken care and made reservations before we traveled.
1: (laughs) Didn't happen. I don't
0: know about y'all, but I know they argued on the way to wherever they went.
1: Because it didn't
0: look like what they thought it was going to look like. And I'm telling you, there are some people that lose faith When things don't look like what you thought it was. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm actually trying to lean into the reality that you saw something and this is not your reality. And we walk by faith, not by sight. And the people of the Lord continued to walk through these hard times. And because of it, they saw the miraculous. God's not done yet. He's faithful. And when I'm saying to you that there is good news of great joy for all people, I mean, I have good news for you. Not for the person next to you. I have great news for you. There's a song that I, I heard that I, um, I never heard it before. And I had heard it like 600 times. I heard it for the first time this last week. I wanted you to hear it. And I just thought it was beautiful. And you've already heard it.
2: What you I should hear it again. Actually, listening this so. time. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would Sunday walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to the blind man? Mary, did you know your baby boy will calm the storms with his hand did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? when you kiss your little baby you kiss kissed the face of god mary did you know Oh, Mary, did you know
0: my life and it's been great it's been great to hear God's voice and walk with him the joy and the peace that he's guarded my heart with has very much been supernatural it's caused problems in all of our relationships there's some of you here things just don't look like what you thought they look like and it's it's troubling you and I just want you to understand that everyone in scripture and everything I read about identifies with you. Even Jesus on his way to the cross he Father if there's any other way I don't want to do this but you pass this cup for me. Nevertheless uh, let your will be done in my life. We're going through it and it's For the the hope set before him, he endured the cross. He did it for you and I. It's great joy. I just tell you about one thing no one has ever loved me like Jesus, no one has ever suffered to get to me like Jesus. No one has ever known me like Jesus and still loved me anyway. And He knew who I was. Though I was still a sinner, Christ still died for me. Knowing who I was, He still pursued me. And that joy of knowing that I am love, my wife, my children, no one in this church. No one can love me the way Christ has loved me, and that brings me joy. And I hope today you understand that it should bring you joy to know that regardless of what you've gone through and regardless of what's happened and regardless of what you're going through, Emmanuel is with you. He's here right now. And he wants to bring great joy into your life. He wants you to know that he loves you just the way you are. If you're here today and you're struggling in your own heart, maybe even with questions towards God, I want to struggle with you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, you're saying that. That's right. I want to learn to trust God in this season of my life. Would you raise your hand right now? man? God bless you, 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 God bless you. I want you to know that you, you are not the Lord of your life. Jesus is. And he does have a tremendous, wonderful plan for you. And most of the joy and the peace that I have is in knowing that he's going to take care of something I can't. He's got you. I'm telling you as a pastor, as a lover of God, as someone who's a friend, who's also at the foot of the cross, I can prophesy this over you. God has got you. Take care of Jesus, would you forgive me? Lord, would you wash me in your blood? Would you teach me how to love you? Would you teach me how to trust you? Would you teach me how to enjoy you and put my hope in you? Would you show me your strength and your power and your love? Would you, in my life, will you let me see what you see? I surrender my life to you. Trust me. Hey, um, for those of you online, we have people that are literally praying right now um, And they want to pray with you So if you want to type in the chat, hey, will you pray for me? They'll pull you in another room and and chat with you Um, if you're here today though and you're struggling It's our heart that you don't struggle alone We have some people here that would love like nothing else cooler today than to pray with you And so uh, after service, if you would come up, that'd be great. We'd love to pray with you. As we close, I know that uh, really I'm living my best life right now. It's the best season of my whole life. In the heart. Some of you, it's not that way. And I just want you to know that we are with you. That's super important. Father, I thank you for a church. A church in love with you church that trusts in you and wants you to live in your life. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you with your resurrection power would begin speaking that your word would come alive. You put a a desire inside of us to to meet with you and connect with you and read your word and and enjoy you like you enjoy us. We love you, Lord. That you have your way in this church. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wait, before you leave. we know a couple things. We're going to fast in January. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be super hard for some of you. Some of you have never done it before. January 3rd through the 24th. We're going to do 21 days of fasting. Some of you are like, uh, look, you may have got to fast 21 days. You can fast an hour. Uh, but whatever you give up to the Lord, make it something that costs you something because he's worthy. And I promise, through the level that you sacrifice, God will move in your life in an awesome way. God's going to move in this church in an awesome way. Like, there's huge things that's coming for our church. And I I literally have been getting, uh, just laughing, thinking about the things that's coming up. But this Christmas Eve, we are believing for a sacred, powerful night where we connect with Jesus. Please, find someone you don't know. and Drag them to church. 4.30 and 6 o'clock. I love you guys. God bless you.